not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny uh, it's been a little while since we've done a view from Ninian. There's two games to cover, the transfer window to preview and a loan signing to announce on the pod. It's the view from the Ninian this week and we're joined by Ryan March in place of Tom Phillips. Ryan, last time you came on the pod, what happened not long afterwards? Um, within 24 hours of being on the pod, um, I broke my ankle in two places. Uh, yeah. I've had two operations since. Second one um, a success? I hope so. I hope so. I still haven't found out. I'll find that out next Thursday. Um, but my God, I hope it's a success. Otherwise, <laughs> the old the old brain will struggle, let alone the old leg. Um, uh, so yeah, many hours sat on the sofa since I last spoke to you. All Ben Ben Price's fault, of course. Well, that's what I was going to say. Introducing Ben Price, who's obviously a regular <laughs> here on View from the Indian. But Ben, it was your fault that he broke his ankle, wasn't it? it well, <laughs> two-footed of. lunge from Ben. Well, we were <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, if I couldn't get near you, you were flying up and down that wing all night. Hey, it's the best I've ever played. God <laughs> God, trying to tell me something. We were talking about it afterwards. So we played last minute call up when the boys dropped out, dropped Ryan a text. Can you play? Yeah, 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 sure. And then, on, not taking the piss now, he was class. Like <laughs> Everyone's going like, oh, he was really good. And then like just out of nowhere, the most innocuous thing ever, starts screaming in pain. To the point where the seven aside pitch, the other side of goal, stopped what they were doing because they thought it was the pitch below them. Oh yeah. my god! But uh, yeah, Cardiff City have only uh, have only made it better. You know, I was going to say <laughs> yeah. I, I, talking about other class performances, we could talk about the Cardiff City <laughs> goal scorers now, couldn't we? Um, yeah. As I said at the start, we've got a couple of games to cover and look back on. The first one being Preston. Um, ben Preston, more like De Preston, um, couldn't score nice. in a month of Sundays. Um, was it 25 shots? 22 shots, sorry, on goal. Two on target with an XG of 1.06. Uh, it's becoming a bit of a worry, isn't it? I think I. this is going to sound really weird. I'm already oh God. potentially loading myself up for grief <laughs> on Twitter. But 22, 22 shots on target makes it sound like we're a lot better and a lot more creative 22 than we actually goal, are. 22 shots on goal, not on target. Sorry, 22 shots on goal, sorry. Makes it sound like we're a lot more creative than we actually are. Because out of, out of those 22 shots... Most of them were blocked and were nothing shots because we ran out of ideas and couldn't do anything else. It was just a bizarre start and it was just a really, really strange game. Just how the the press how Preston fans would turn up to watch that is beyond me because they're poor, but they're somehow really well organized. Well, they're just they're really good defensively, aren't they, Ryan? Preston, they've what I think yeah. one one conceded goal in six games now. The first team to ever have like five clean sheets in their opening five games in the championship. It's that's oh, what they conceded last night, did they? I I haven't seen. I, their I haven't checked last this. night because before, I'll check before that they'd drawn nil nil yeah. and won one nil, didn't they? So they were plus one goal difference without conceding. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how you watch that, but um, I guess there's at least there's something. No, it was seven know, games in. They still haven't conceded. They still haven't, there we are. So they've scored one goal. So they drew nil nil last night. Then maybe I don't they're, they're playing now. Playing now. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I just don't know how you, how you can watch that. But then when I think about how leaky we're starting to become at the back, it's like, oh well, I'd rather be in that position where the only problem is not scoring goals rather than this sort of like creeping defensive instability that's slowly mm-hmm. come in over the last. 10, uh, 10 days or so. We kept a clean sheet against Preston, though. Um, 
I mean, everyone's kept a clean sheet against Preston. We've got to take the positives from it, right? Ben, I, I, I noticed in the stats that we attempted 515 passes against Preston. Um, that is pretty unheard of for a Cardiff team, isn't it? It is. It's, I think it's going to be a very cut and paste review of this game and sort of the Luton game other than we lost. But it's just, yeah, the same thing for both games is it's all right defensively, decent in the middle of the park, knocking the ball about well, and then just seem to freeze when we get into the final third. It's just the builder playing, like you can definitely see like the change in style. You can see what's coming, but you can also understand people's frustrations of what's coming in beyond that as well because we're slowly becoming everything we've sort of mocked and we were quite direct of a team that passes the ball about a lot but doesn't know what to do with it. And yeah, 515 attempted passes, it shows that we had the ball a lot, but there's no real idea of what we're doing with it when we get into that final third. Mm. Yeah, I think, um, Ryan, to that point, Sawyer's created four chances. Rawls had six shots on goal. Um, Obviously, a lot of those are coming from distance. I think Rawls hit the post. That was the closest we came to it. Yeah. You know, we're taking a lot of shots. We're creating a lot of chances. If, you know, you put chances in inverted commas, because like as Ben said, they are coming from distance. But we're creating so many chances. Surely it's a matter of time before we it all clicks and we batter a team. I mean, you'd like to think so, but you look at these stats and like, you know, the 20, it didn't doesn't feel like we're dominating games like that. No. Which, like, sometimes you come away from games thinking, how haven't we won that? Um, and I guess, like, it sort of goes back to that game against Portsmouth in the Cup. Um, I don't know if you saw either of you saw it, but um, yeah. like we we were all over them until the final third, and we get to the edge of the box and we just cannot break teams down. So it it does force us to go from distance, and yeah, what what's twenty two shots when they're all sort of pot shots from twenty thirty yards? I mean, the the mad stat I saw that we had more shots than Liverpool did, and they won nine nil. So, <laughs> um, which is bizarre, but like. Even last night, I couldn't really pick out like an out-and-out chance that we had within the box. They're all just... And I don't know, it's one of those things you can read into stats as much as you want and you can make stats sort of tell some sort of narrative. But I think the eye test, you know, the naked eye test is... I don't know. We've got no intensity. I think that's the killer. There's no intensity. It's all well and good having possession. And I'm I, and I'm enjoying watching us play much more than I have. Um, I'm getting a bit, lot more comfortable with the the passing out from yeah. the back, even though it is gonna it is gonna kill it's us at some gonna... point. <laughs> and I'm I'll almost I will laugh the day it happens because we keep getting away with it. If we were doing it every week, then it becomes a problem. But it's fine if it happens once every now and again. But it's a similar case to what happened with Neil Harris. Is obviously we cha- we adapted the style a bit under Neil Harris, and it was possession with no purpose. Yeah, and that's that's the killer. Is we don't ha- we can't break the lines, and I think if you're going to keep the ball, you've got to have that sort of bit of a spark that can break a line, set someone free. Um, and we did that against Birmingham a few times, but we haven't seen it since. Well, that is a concern. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the Luton game because I think. Um... There was a, there was a few examples of this in yesterday's game, wasn't there, Ben? I think um, there was there was a, a brief period in the second half where we got to the edge of their box. Um, this is talking about against Luton now. Got to the edge of their box and we just played it left and right, left and right, without anyone even getting in the box or perhaps one player getting in the box and one dropping off. Played it left and right and there was no end product at all, was there? And it was kind of like 
I know we talk about those pot shots, but until Romain Sawyers took that pot shot, it didn't look like we wanted to take a shot on goal. No, no. and it seemed like we were just determined to do everything from outside the box. There were yeah. so many times, and I'll give Mark Harris credit for this, the one chance he had where he was the only person in the box, he made the run and bought that space. And that's where the midfielders and the attacking players need to bomb into the box and should be gambling on everything. And no one seems to do it. Philogene seems to just sort of... Do you remember early on in Joel Bagan's sort of time at the club, he'd freeze the second he got to the halfway line? Yeah. Um, Philogene seems to have that with the box um, and just won't gamble into the box. He's a big lad that sort of could put himself about a bit in the box to sort of try and win a few headers or sort of get into positions to get there. Because there was a couple of times last night and against Preston where Ojo or the wingers are out wide looking to get the ball in. And there's no one in there apart from one striker who if you've got Waters or you've got Harris up front, they're not big lads and they're being marked at the game straight away. You need to fill that box and sort of get the opportunities. It's all, it's just, and I don't think, it's either the coaching's not making sense or the players are just not forgetting the basics when it comes to that. Because, I don't know, we've all played a bit of football. We all know what level, like even then you're told, when you're on the attack, try and get in the box and make something happen. doesn't matter what position you are. If you're, if you're forward, get in the box and f- try and create something. And we just seem incapable of doing that. We all just freeze. Ryan, do you think it's a case of, Ben talks about freezing, we're still adapting to this new um, system, a new way of playing. When we get to the edge of the box, there's almost like a panic amongst the players mm. that they're not really sure who should be going in. We play this 4-3-3. It's quite fluid, but surely if you have one winger down the line, the two other attacking players should get in the box and vice versa. But that doesn't seem to happen, does it? Do you think they just panic? They're not sure of their roles when they get to that area? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know what, you know, Steve Morrison wants to do and I don't know how much freedom he wants to give them in the final third. But surely, you know, as a footballer, and I think, you know, like Ben said, when you're kids, all you want to do is attack and score goals and have fun. And that's the most fun part of football. And if I was a player, say, for example, um, whatever, one of our attacking players. You can um, be Max Waters. I'll be Max Waters, um, taking all the stick. Yeah. Me. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like surely you as as a as a footballer, it's like oh, okay, we're at the edge of a box. This is where we we should thrive. This is where we should come into action. And there isn't that sort of urgency and that cutting edge. And you know, we've made up for that in previous years by being quite a good side from set pieces because we you we know we've been land of the giants for so long and we've completely yeah. lost that out of our game now i mean set piece wise we are not good like both ends of the pitch <laughs> um and i'm sure we'll get to that but yeah and it's 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 difficult to see where the goals come from and it's easy to 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 talk about our strikers and it's easy to you know say we need this we need that and you know max waters should be um, score all these goals but I, I think wingers and sort of creativity from midfield need to be talked about because it's all well and good missing the odd chance but we're not create for, for all the shots we're having we're not actually creating chances yeah. I mean like you said 22 goal 22 shots and only just over one xg that's I think that's probably quite a low return for the amount of shots um and yeah Something needs to change in that final third, whether it's tactically or um, personnel-wise. But I think it's unfair to lump it all on the centre forward because, you know, I think there's. I need to see a lot more from the likes of Ojo and Philogene. Um, those two spring to mind. Um, well, Odaouda, I've seen a bit yeah. from already, but uh, yeah, mainly those two. I think um, have their part to play in our lack of cutting edge. 
Ben, we've talked about it on the pod. Obviously, Waters is getting the brunt of the stick at the moment, but Waters makes some really clever runs half the time. And I think the chances he's missed, we can say that he should have scored those chances and you know they were sitters, if you will, for, for a striker. But the amount of runs he makes where the midfielders don't find him is a problem, isn't it? Because yes. he's, he's, he's making those runs in behind people, as, as Ryan said earlier, breaking those lines, but the ball isn't finding him probably 70, 80% of the time. Yeah, so really, you look at it, he's missed the two clear-cut chances he's had they're the only two times he's been played through, really, aren't they? Yeah. It's not like you can look back and say he's at the other chance. He's in, what are we, seven games in now? He's had two clear-cut chances played to him. Um, and there's other stuff he can do that can improve. But like you said, he's making a lot of the runs. Same with Harris. Like, last night against Luton, that run where, um, I think, was it was it Ojo put the ball across the face? Yeah. And Harris so. made that run, he created that space, and no one got in the box there, and it drove me nuts. It's, there's got to be more support, more come from that midfield that, are doing a lot of it. They're breaking up the play well and sort of getting that right, but they need to offer more. It needs to be a lot more box-to-box from what they're doing. You've got one advanced player all the time. Like, in that three, they're not all three sitting midfielders. And another one, the winger should be filling in as well. It's it's very easy and lazy to blame everything being that Mark Harris isn't a goal scorer, Waters isn't good enough at this level, Etete's too young. There's got to be more. The idea, This team was always going to be sharing the goals amongst the team. No yeah. one in this squad is ever going to get 30 goals this season. And yeah, some of the players aren't doing their part on that. They just, it's the basic stuff as well. I think that's where it gets the frustration from is these are obvious things that I don't think they should be coached at. They're professionals. Before we get to the negatives around the defence, Ryan, I do want to talk about the one midfielder who impressed me last night, and that was Rino Motta, um, especially mm. in that first half. Um, there was times where he was breaking lines into the box, taking on defenders and getting into the box our, our end, and then running back to the other end and picking up, being the last man at times and defending the ball. Um, he, it looks like he's a pure box-to-box midfielder, doesn't it? Yeah, I've I've been a bit unimpressed with him to start Same, with the season with. I. He was one of the ones that came in with a bit of pedigree, him and Sawyers. Um, yeah. And arguably they were probably two of Sawyers. Maybe he's coming into his own a bit now, but I, I expected more from the two of them. And I thought, you know, when you looked at our midfield on the first day, Rinamota, Sawyers and Wintle, that's a strong championship midfield three. Um, and I just haven't seen enough from them. I think Wintle does serves his purpose, does it really well. I think it's more creativity. But yeah, Rinomota, he's slowly coming into his own. He is that box-to-box. He isn't going to create lots of chances. He's he's the one to sort of facilitate the third man who would be Sawyers or maybe Colwell or whoever to go and create those chances while Wintle sort of breaks things up behind them. But yeah, he, he's coming into his own a bit now because I think I haven't noticed him on the pitch. And I feel like sometimes that's a good thing for a centre midfield. Mm-hmm. They're doing their business, but it sometimes is also like, why aren't I noticing him? But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, but he, he was, he is coming into his own a bit, but um, you know, maybe the, he had a break on Saturday, didn't he? He didn't start on Saturday. I am right in thinking that, aren't I? I think so. Yeah. 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 They're all starting, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the less said about Joe Rolls, the better at the moment. I don't think saying that, that one play where he hit the post, yeah, that had gone in. The knocking the ball about there was lovely. He had, he had he had one shot last night as well, didn't he? Where it just went over. Like yeah. that's what that's what Rolsey does. He has a couple of yeah. close chances, but I do. Ben, do you think that you know the way we're playing the midfield at the moment? If it's Rinamotta, Rolls, and Wintle, that's again, it's not a very creative three, is it? I think one of the things people have been talking about, and we'll come to the Twitter questions, is that there isn't much creativity in the midfield. And you know, Sawyer's came on and and tried to do a little bit, but if you're starting with a three like that, there's not much. There's not much forward thinking in that three. No, they, 
they're not. They're all steady. Last year we complained about the midfield being three of the same players essentially, and while they're a bit more different this year, when you play those three, it does feel very similar. No one sort of. There's not one of those three you can look at and say they do something completely different to the others. Mm -hmm. They're all sort of much of a muchness. Wintle's probably the best of the bunch. It's sort of more. You can sort of more identify his role. But when it comes to if you're playing Rinomata and, and Riles or Sawyers and Riles, like they're all doing something very similar. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an issue there. It's better than it was last year, but there's still an issue there. It's not perhaps not as deep as an option as we thought it was at the start of the season. And then um, we've already touched upon it, Ryan, but we'll talk about the defensive fragility now. Um, two poor goals to concede last night, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and I mean, we started really strongly defensively. I mean, those, you know, we didn't concede, concede a goal at home in, was it first games? Until last night, really, we hadn't conceded at home, yeah. didn't it? Um, obviously, poor goals to give away in Bristol City as well. Um, yeah, and I just think, I think we're starting to see a few cracks. Um, you know, for all Keeper's positives, I think the jury's still out on him as a as a defender. I think he'll have his moments, good and bad, like a lot of these players will this season. I think we've got to remember that, that it is very much, it is still very new and it is still very um, early days in this sort of transition we're yeah. trying to have. So there is going to be moments where we do get battered by teams and hopefully there's going to be moments where we do batter teams. And I think individually as well, that's going to be the thing, you know, for every moment Kipre has, he is going to have a bit of a, a, mo a, a another moment. And I just think, but it was basics last night, that set piece, it was so easy. They all just walked through them. Yeah, They just completely walked through them. And that's unforgivable, really, no matter, you know, no matter how it's early basics. it is. It is basics, yeah. And I think we've got to get them right before we start thinking about anything else. Um, so... Yeah, it, it is concerning because it was a similar goal we gave away away to Bristol, the second one. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I just... that It is concerning. Um, but, I don't know, what can you say? It's early days, but uh, the cracks are starting to show defensively after what has been a pretty solid start, especially in our home games. Yeah, I think, Ben, we were kind of warned by West Brom fans that, that Kibre has that mistake in his locker, but it does seem to be there's one every every game, isn't there? He hasn't been punished for some of them, but he goes walkabouts or he'll attack with the ball and leave gaps behind him. Um, do you think he'll get those out of his game or do you think that's just him? I think that's his game. I think you've got to accept that with the system. Look, we're willing to accept that these mistakes are going to come from Olsop at some stage and they're going to be a lot easier to punish than they are from Kibre. I think... You take that away from him, you lose a lot of what makes him an effective player and sort of take a lot of this system away as well. Um, it's more set pieces, I think, that are more of an issue for me. You can teach how to defend set pieces, sort of positional sense of sort of going on the wander and sort of running with the ball when you shouldn't is sort of his game. You don't want to teach that out of him because it makes him a completely different player and makes him just not what you bought him in for. So, yeah, the, it's the set-piece sort of positioning that he needs to learn. And I think he will. It's not like he's played a huge amount of football in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those. It'll come good. I'm, I'm willing to forgive a couple of mistakes now. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit more noticeable, like Brian said, because we started so well. It's sort of you sort of then go, oh, what's going on here for it to go from being seven and eight, dropping down now to five and sixes for a couple of games? Why is that happening now? Why was it not at the start? I think that's probably why we're noticing it more. Um, mm. And again, I, do you know what? I think 
generally think as good as the start was, the Norwich false result there and sort of the false performance there sort of gave a lot of people unrealistic expectations of him and the squad as a whole. And I think we're starting to see where we are a bit more in terms of the process. Yeah, this where we are now is where I sort of expected yeah. it to be. I mean, like you said, the Norwich game is brilliant and those you have those results at the start of season. You know, Norwich have won four in a row now after, you know, I came on last time and said, can't really see them <laughs> pu- pulling up too many trees. But that's the nature of the championship. It's a streaky league, isn't it? People people go on good runs and bad runs. Yeah. And we will have a good run. I, I, I'm sure we will. You know, they'll we'll hit a bit of a patch of form. But if if you if you look at sort of the the way the defense has been in the last um, sort of four or five games, we'd started so strong, and you know, and, and you could see that that immediately that back four from the Norwich game was going to be our back four this season. Yeah, yeah. Romeo and Collins, fantastic fullbacks, NG and Kipray. I mean, NG is obviously he's still completely he's never played in this position, so we got to remember that as well. Um, he looks the best you know, of the defense at times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, and then we've gone and lost. Collins, which is a huge, huge loss considering how well he'd started. Um, so I think that's probably shaken up the sort of the stability there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I probably haven't quite seen enough of um Nkunku, um to really judge him, but he looks more of a threat going forward than I'd say a defender. I think so. Um, which you know, which is where Keeper is gonna have to be on form because he's gonna be playing on that left side. You know, and they, then you they were both quite for that second goal, weren't they? Oh no, the yeah. first yeah, second one. Second or first goal for Luton? Yeah, second goal was the, was the set piece. Set piece, sorry. So it's the yeah. first one. Yeah, sorry. He got yeah. beaten down the wing. He needs to be better at that. Yeah. Again, a young player, these mistakes are going to happen. It's not yeah. like you can say they're going to be perfect defenders. Yeah, we. I mean, the, the key takeaway is we've got to be patient and there's going to be bad moments. Um, but yeah, we've got to get better at set pieces, quite frankly, because that could become a real problem for us this season going forward um you know because that can be the difference in in some championship games Ben, how do you see jack jack simpson slotting in obviously he's not played much football um he's still relatively new to the club but he's looked okay in the performance he's had do you you see him more as a an assured pair pair of hands at the back instead of someone like keith right um i think it's as and when isn't it i think it's you, you don't want to change your centre-back pairing too much. I don't think any side has really done much with that an established centre-back pairing that sort of knows what they're doing. I think mm-hmm. at the moment, Morrison definitely sees that as keeper and NG. And Simpson sort of comes in as and when. Um, I don't, for me, from what I've seen him so far, I don't think he threatens that first 11 if everyone's fit. Mm. And yeah, the, that's the... not a knock on him or sort of writing him off straight away. But I just think that's where he is as a player. I think you've got to have a squad play. You can't have everyone pushing, everyone demanding to be starting that. Uh, we, yeah. we are yeah the bloke has almost played as many games as years he's been alive as well so <laughs> yeah. that's a bit it's a it, it's a strange one because he's always he, i think just his career has taken him down that path of being a backup footballer yeah um and yeah i think it'll it'll take some doing to break into that team for, for him and any of the defenders to be honest i think like i said i think our best period is ng and keep ray and we just got to hope that with time and minutes they um they improve um because there's been glimmers that they've been good like i've seen enough to know they're not bad footballers it's just fine-tuning it to a point where it's a solid cohesive unit there's a thing on twitter i don't get at the moment as well sort of about being you were saying about being patient 
we can be patient. We can also sort of say that this isn't good enough and it's not yeah. losing patience. Yeah. See, at the moment, it seems it's the Twitter thing. It's sort of everyone's either on one side or the other. You're either 100 miles an hour saying with the worst team or you're saying with the best team. But there seems to be a lot of people trying to sort of like take a more high ground and be like, oh, well, it was always going to be a transition, this and that. But I think no one, should, I think most people realize that. It's just you can criticize it and talk about it. Otherwise, what's the point in Twitter? What's the point in this podcast? What's mm. the point in anything when it comes to discussing football? Why are you, why are you criticizing the podcast for? You talked about Twitter <laughs> a minute ago. <laughs> Everything. Just these people are sort of saying, like, there's people who jump on this and we'll get tweets saying, are oh, you being very negative? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's sort of like, we're not doing it. I don't think any of us are slagging off and saying this isn't working, this isn't going well. It's sort of saying, look, these are fair points to criticize and sort of the discussion points of where we are. We but it's like, it's it's like the striker debate, isn't it? Like, that's become a big polarizing thing because obviously a couple of weeks ago he was he, Steve Morrison was big out there going, I don't, you know, why are you criticizing my strikers? All this kind of thing. Yesterday's press conference, it was like, does this mean you need a striker? And it's like, yeah. And it's kind of it, it, now that journalist is like, well, when I asked him two weeks ago, it became this big polarizing thing, but it didn't need to be. No. All Morrow had to say was, yeah. And I think probably a lot of Cardiff fans are emboldened by that, aren't they? They see what Morrison's like and they think, oh, we all need to be competitive. We're kind of creating this siege mentality. It happened under Warnock, right? Warnock was really good at creating that siege mentality, us against the world. But this season, we don't need that because we're not a grit. We're a growing football team. We're not a gritty football team who need to kick back at everyone. We just need to become, come together. But Morrison's, um, there's a huge difference between Morrison's up us against the world and Warnock's us against the world. Morrison's oh, yeah. us lovely. against the world. Sorry, yeah. What, uh, Morrison's us against the world is very much me against the world yeah like everything and everything's a personal attack on him and it's not the case and it's really really starting to piss me off and really sort of making me, my patience with him with him and it's going to be the undoing of him everything he's not listening to this mate he's gonna be bashing on your door <laughs> can't, can't wait for the press conference to slag us off as well because he's done it to a few <laughs> twitter accounts already but it's just driving me mental like no one's slagging you off and sort of everyone's giving you quite an easy ride for for the whole time you've been here even now there's no bad will to you we quite like you and want you to succeed it's just fair questions and sort of just bringing this point up. we could do another striker steve and then you're saying we're not getting one and then out of nowhere you turn around and go oh yeah well we were in for sam sturridge we were in for liam delap and yeah. it just didn't come off why not say that in the first place and sort of make it easier you don't have to be we don't need this we don't need that when we know you're going to be looking we're not stupid it's just all of that just constant stuff with him is really starting to wear thin like the journalist yesterday asked a sort of a fair enough question saying, do you need a striker? And he's like, you're pissing me off. Said, Come on, mate. That's not the game. It's sort of, it's a well, fair question. We haven't scored and you're not saying about, we're going after one. Talk about people who are pissing him off. Uh, Nathan Jones at the end, Ryan. Um, <laughs> there was a, what do we say? A little tete-a-tete between um, the, the, the Cardiff fan and, and Steve Morrison. Um, what did you make of that? It, it seemed pretty petty on both sides of the argument you know Nathan Jones was celebrating Morris was like why can't you wait just to shake my hands like just let the guy celebrate a win it's just classic sort of in the moment football sort of nonsense <laughs> that happens every week from the Premier League to Sunday League you know it, it's just one of those oh, yeah yeah it's a heat of the moment thing Nathan Jones is is such a character and you know Steve Morrison is the most defensive man I've ever met um I've never met him I have actually but <laughs> He's a defensive <laughs> man, um, but uh, yeah, I I like Nathan Jones, and I and I really hope he's our manager one day. Me too. Um, he's just one of them characters that's if he's your manager, you think it's the best thing in the world, and if 
he's not your manager. He, he's he's so hateable and you know, and can really rile people up. But uh, you know, he's he's like a character like Bellamy used to be when when he played, or Robbie Savage. You know, one of them. Yeah. If he's if he's with you, you love those antics, and if he's against you, you hate those antics. And football needs people like that. It just makes it a bit more fun. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. I think it was a very much a heat of the moment thing, and he's an unlikable guy, Nathan Jones. At the end of the day, um, and I didn't realize how short he was. Yeah, he can get under people's skin, <laughs> physically and metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being his wife though; she must be fucking knackered. Just <laughs> what's yeah. that you think, Carl? Out of the way, lovely. Take as long yeah. as you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stay up overnight if you want, mate. Yeah, I don't worry about now. coming back tonight. <laughs> Um, I guess the, the key question for me then is who would win in a fight? Would would Morrison batter him? Yeah, I think so. Um, Good. As long as we got that, the moral high ground on that front, I'm happy. We've got the moral high ground and the actual high ground because he is fucking tiny. Yeah, he's a very small man. Um, talking about other small men, um, it's striker time. Um, Callum Robertson has been linked. He's quite short. I don't really know where I got that link from. Um, is he? I thought he was quite a tall I guy. I think he's about five foot ten. Uh, I don't really oh, know. Yeah. That's, short, that's short for me. I'm six foot say, four. So. Yeah. I'm five foot ten and I... I Put myself in the average category. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, if, if anyone out there is thinking of strikers who could sign for us, Erling Haaland won't be, but he's got another first half hat trick tonight while we've been uh, recording. So anyone who's got the fantasy football teams, you've probably got a decent number of points there. Um, Ryan, we need a striker. We've probably got 24 hours now at the time of recording. It's Wednesday at half eight. I think the window tends to close at 10 o'clock and I think it's 10 o'clock tomorrow it closes officially. Um, the names that have mainly been linked today, Callum Robinson, Jordan Hugill, um, you have to pick one who you take in that in that in that two. Oh, it doesn't really ignite any excitement in you, does it? Um I don't know. I'm not seeing enough of Robinson as a footballer, really. Um obviously he's a bit of a he's a bit of a COVID idiot, wouldn't he, over over the last few years. Did he catch it three um, times or something? Something like that, and still refuse to have his vaccine and all that sort of stuff. Whatever. I mean, can't think about that too much. If I start thinking about thinking about uh, players personalities and whether I like them as a person or not, I probably wouldn't like football. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I try not to think about that too much. Um, but you know, neither of them are, are prolific goal scorers. Neither of them, you know, are going to set the world alight. But you look, it's really, it, I think, I think some of the, the way people are speaking about Waters and Harris is it's harsh. I think it's, Yes, they could be doing better, but I, I think, I mean, it is, it is the way of the world now, and it, everyone's sort of, everyone's sort of judged on, on you know, goals essentially. But I don't know, none of them offer offer me too much excitement. And if we sign neither of them, I wouldn't lose any sleeper over it. If we signed one of them, it wouldn't really get me thinking we're going to hit the playoffs. You know, if if a name came out of nowhere. Um, that would make me excited, then fantastic. But you know, it, I'm resigned to the fact that I could go the season with Waters, with Harris, with Isaac Davis coming back, and I wouldn't be too bothered. A Tete, I mean, yeah. But I, I, I just think bringing in Hugill or bringing in Robinson, I'd rather give these players we've got time and a chance rather than just bringing in a mercenary for a season. Yeah. Um. Because we are where we are. We know we're not going to even touch the automatics. I won't, um, you can never write off a playoff charge in the championship, but we're not going to be probably in that conversation. So why not take the chance to 
use bed Isaac Davies and bed in these. I mean, they're not young, but but I'd rather give them a chance than bringing in Callum Robinson for a season for him to score seven or eight goals. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think it changes our season too much. Ben, we're we're looking ahead twenty four hours. Uh, the transfer window slams shut because it can never just shut; will never just close. Uh, mm-hmm. Have we signed anyone? Do you see either of these players as realistic signings? Yeah, I think we'll get one in. Um, I think the club's quietly confident that the Saints are getting at least one in. Um, yeah, for me, I think like, just for a retro sake, we've got we need a striker that loves catching COVID and doesn't quite like vaccines. <laughs> it worked out well for us last time. It's just the hair isn't going to be as good, so just get Callum Robinson in. Bring a bit of that back. <laughs> I think he got he scored something like nine goals last year or something. I think he had some decent stats for it's last not, year. Yeah, his stats aren't horrific. I did why my mate up looking at it and sort of worked out that his stats per, uh, goals per game ratio is the same as Kenzo Hawes, but I think it was a bit unfair that stat. He's, <laughs> well, played, a lot, he's played a lot. A lot Kenzo Hawes took us to promotion. Would you get Kenzo Hawes back in? Oh, he, he, he was on the bench when he for West Brom last night. Didn't get a look in. Did he? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, he's. I think Steve Bruce was kind of kind about him in that press conference, wasn't he? Saying basically, it's not worked out for him here. He needs to go. But I mean, who who's going to take him at this stage? I was a Ken Zahor believer. I was. Um, I, I was. You know, I think he had plenty of talent. But you don't look backwards in this in this game. In many this cruel many game. Yeah, many a team have done so. Cardiff have been guilty of it in the past, and it never really works out second time around. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think we can r- rule out the Zahor thing, and I just don't think he's the type of character that would thrive under a, a Steve no. Morrison either. God, no, he needs an arm <laughs> around his shoulder, not a yeah. boot to the face. Yeah. Um, I guess, Ryan, there's, you know, we've talked about the need for creativity. We've talked about all that kind of stuff. We're talking about strikers mainly, but is there anyone else that you'd look to bring in? Is there any other player that we need from, I don't know, any position? You could pick a position and pick a player. Is there anyone else that you think we need? I'd I'd like to see another winger come in. I think um, I'm far from impressed with Ojo. Um, I'm Philogene is still raw. Obviously, he's not played much senior football, so jury's out on him. But I just think, I just think we need that spark. You know, like what Mendes Lang offered us the year we went up. Someone mm-hmm. with that sort of. Um... I know a guy that can sort that out. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Ben? but yeah i just think i think we need someone who can sort of like sort of uh i'm trying to think of what the the best way to say it is it's just sort of like light a game up and we yeah, haven't got it. that at the moment and yeah ignite and just sort of burst into action and ojo one of my mates said he burned hot and cold yesterday and i was like to be honest he sort of Burns lukewarm and cold for me. He doesn't do enough. The hot spells aren't hot enough to sort of counteract the cold for me. And I think you know, Philogene, he is what he is, and I think he'd be he's good in a rotation. Um, and I just think we need that little extra spark from the wing. I think creatively in the middle, again, they after a striker, that's like the hardest thing to try and sign. Yeah. We've been crying out for one for years. I mean, Colwell has all that ability to do it, and I just think. But I also think he's still so raw and he's still so young. And I, I am like, he's by far my favorite Cardiff player to watch. And I think he's fantastic. Um, and I hope he plays loads. But I know for sure he isn't going to play the next 39 games this season um, because he won't have it in him. So I'd say a winger um, if we're being greedy. Um, 
and maybe a number ten. But I think a striker is the only um, the only thing we'll be shopping for tomorrow. Ben, is there anyone else that you want? Is there anyone you want to say goodbye to? You know, we've got a few players that could leave on loan. It's obviously been talked about people like Gavin White, Tom Sang. Is there anyone else that you'd like to say goodbye to? Curtis Nelson, maybe? No, see, I wouldn't bomb Nelson out just straight yet. Oh, God. It's just, <laughs> we need bodies there. It's not like we can go in two like no, a squad. It's not, it's not like a huge, huge squad. I think there's 26 players and we've already lost a few to injury. I think like there's not really anyone I'd look to get rid of. It is, yeah, just try and get some goals and some creativity in the scene. Um, I see a lot of people talk about Colwell playing, like whether they want to play him as a false nine or play him in the nine position, but I think he'd be wasted Ooh. there. No, he's got no, to go no. in as a 10 and sort of, yeah. and he's not going to play every game. He's not, like like Ryan said, he's not ready to play every game. His body's not ready for that. It's going to do him more harm than good if he does. So yeah, it wouldn't hurt to get another number 10 in if the right player comes available, but what are we, 24 hours out from the window, slamming shut as Sky Sports love to put. Mm. Um, it's not happening, is it? I think just focus on getting a striker in and go with what we've got. I think we'll, if it clicks, I think it'll be all right. It's just, it's got to be a lot of work put in behind the scenes to make it click. No. I think on, on your sort of suggestion that people are calling for Colwell as a false nine, I think when you've got to have like top-notch wingers to be able to pull, pull that off and we don't have top-notch wingers. Yeah. Um, we're essentially inside forwards to do it and we have more wingers and inside forwards, I'd say. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just got to look at that Wales-Belarus game last year to, to know that, you know, he was playing with some really good footballers that day and he just completely went missing. He He is a... He's a number 10, you know, like an attack at eight. Yeah. Um, and, and that is where he should be playing um, as much as as much as he can. And I'm aware, like I said, it's not going to be every game this season. But um, I didn't mind him out wide against Preston, though. I thought he did well. The whole time he was on the pitch, I thought he was the most flair. He's not got the pace you need for a winger. Yeah. But, but he, he, he always is. creative and yeah. he was so strong. He's looking so much stronger on the ball and sort of getting, yeah. he's learning to control. It's going to sound weird because before he was guilty of running like a baby giraffe, but he's starting he's to- He's really, grown into his body, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's really sense. understanding it and stuff now. So he tried too hard against Luton. I think it was obvious for everyone to see that he was just trying to make something happen which didn't happen for him. But yeah, look, I don't think there's any doubt in that whole squad, he's the most naturally gifted and most exciting footballer in uh, this club. Yeah, he's he's like a risk reward player, isn't he? Like yeah. at the end of the day, and that's where what those great like playmaking mavericks are. He, he takes risky, he makes risky passes, and when they come off, they come off. Like that that one for Harris against Bristol City is oh, you know, it one of the incredible, unbelievable pass. pass. And I mean, I don't think enough is said about how Harris got on the end of it, you know, to read it. And I think. I think that's what he offers that no one else can offer in the team. And that's what we miss most um, from someone to make those passes in behind. Um, it's it's like said, that, right? It's breaking those yeah, lines. It's like breaking the lines. Where Waters is making runs, but there's no one who seems to have the ability yeah. to find him. If you have someone like Colwell in who can just pick a pass, he'll see stuff before it unfolds in front of him and he'll be able to 100%. get the ball through. 100%. Right. So 24 hours time, we've signed one of Robinson and Hugel then. That's the general rule, yeah? <laughs> Yeah, it is what it is with them too. Um, it is what it is. Right, moving on <laughs> to my... This is the second run out of this feature. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you heard last week's pod, but it's a new feature. It's I named did. the Cardiff player from this Wikipedia nugget. Yeah, um, I had no idea last week. I'd like what, to sort of pride myself on football trivia. Knowing that Cardiff City players Wikipedias. Yeah, not well, not that depth. <laughs> I should have done some research really, but uh, yeah, it was a nice little tidbit. Paul Quinn, big shout yeah. out. One of the best tackles I've ever seen in a South Wales derby. 
he was um he was a tough old player, wasn't he? Yeah. Um Paul Quinn. Um I've got one for you this week. It's a slightly different um let's what's the word I'm looking for? Tone to this one. Um I found this on this player's Wikipedia page under the personal life section, under business interests. Interesting. <laughs> And his name's not mentioned, so I don't even have to self-censor myself on this one. In August 2009, it was announced that the footballer would be involved in a new business venture called Platinum Players. The website-based service is aimed to connect footballers and other celebrities with companies and tradespeople whose reputability and trustworthiness has been validated. The site is available by invitation only and went live on the 1st of September 2009. I don't know if the business is still running. I didn't research it that hard, but uh, it went live in on the 1st of September 2009. Uh, ben put his hand up as if he yeah, had an I idea. No idea. I but listen, that. this is a podcast, so let's have a, a, a modicum of conferring between you guys to pretend oh. like you don't know what it is. And then uh, I'll give you 30 seconds or so and you can give me an answer. It's got to be It's got to be a bit of a maverick. It's got to be a bit of a maverick to do something like that. I'm such a 2009 throws me off a bit because... Is is he still at the club? Is this before his time at the club? It would suggest it's probably towards the end of his career. I, I can I, give you some guidance on that front. Go on then. And say it wasn't anywhere near the end of his career. Wow, okay. That throws my Hasselbank train of thought off. Um, some similarities. I did that site, was it? I thought it was later, a bit later than that. Listen, Ben, I'm only going on what Wikipedia is. It's it's self-edited. I, I can't guarantee the veracity of the information. Um, but I'm giving everyone a fair a fair game by well, just reading off the Wikipedia. Ben knows, and that's putting me off. <laughs> so it, it was dissolved on the 25th of February 2014. Oh, you got a good five years out of it then. Did you actually know who it was though, Ben? Because you've always been Googling it now. No, I've, no, I knew exactly who it was. Um, I will I, I I think it dissolved because they didn't manage to sell that holiday to Dubai. Go on then, Ben. You seem to be confident in your answer. If this is wrong, I'm like such a dick. Yeah. Was it Andrew Taylor? It was indeed Andrew Taylor. Well, 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 I'd never heard of that. What, uh, yeah. How, when you said Hasselbank, you said along the right lines or something. How was Wait, Andrew so they, they Taylor? They both played for Middlesbrough. Oh my word. That is... That is <laughs> Listen to that, yeah. I was yeah. thinking, I was trying to think of all the Dutch players that have played for us. Yeah. <laughs> for him, Uwen Rader and Glenn Lugans. Yeah. Uh, Winston yeah. Faber had uh, quite a few yeah. actually. Yeah, because I just yeah, remember like, coming up when Malky cancelled that trip to Dubai, and obviously it had gone like Taylor had booked it all for the players, and then was trying to sell it on Twitter after yeah. the result, and just got absolute pelters for it because that's when the name Platinum Players came out. Glory days. I mean, he, he ended up, I think, basically when Bolton um, were in dire straits, he was their PFA rep and kind of did a lot of the work to get the, the money that Bolton rode and got them through the kind of admin situation. So maybe his work at Platinum Players has put him in good stead for that, he's dealing with reputable trades. a really switched-on guy. And, um, yeah, yeah the, the, basically the Bolton thing just made him fall out of love of football, didn't it? He retired, I think he was only 30, 33, 34 when he retired, which isn't... Yeah. He was still playing quite well. It was just what happened with him at Bolton and refusing to pay and having literally him sort of pulling together to take him to court and stuff, just went off oh, sod this and just retired from it. Yeah. He strikes like me as someone too sensible and steady to have a business venture called Platinum Players. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking like a maverick sort of flashy player. Um, but there we are. Learned something today and that's what's most important. 
He's now loan manager at Leeds, if anyone was wondering. Loan manager at Leeds. What a strange gig loan manager must be. Yeah, I, I guess you just go watch the loan players, write a little report on them and tell your manager how they're doing. But yeah. you're a scout, aren't you? Yeah. Well, like, uh, but like a scout the other way, because you're not scouting for players that you want, you're scouting for players that you already have. Yeah. Strange. It is strange. Anyway, moving swiftly on to the Twitter questions. Um, a manageable 14 this week, because I think in recent weeks we've had about 74 and it's become a bit of a long read. So uh, we'll start with John Williams's. Um, how come we can't cross the pe- cross the ball with pace? Both the Wurzels and Luton did that when they scored. We're playing like the Jacks, just shipping it on. Our crosses are then easily cut out. K49745. Steve Morris would be caught becoming more arrogant in press conferences week by week. Pissed a lot of people off in Millwall. Got a sour feeling the same is going to happen here. Reaction to being asked about a striker last night sums it up. No need. Ryan, it's a fair point, isn't it? It's it's the kind of attitude that will eventually alienate people when things start going even worse than they already are. Yeah, look, it was probably the reason... Mick McCarthy had an early downfall was because he didn't ingratiate himself well with fans. Mm-hmm. Look at the managers who have been most successful in um, in, our, in in our recent history. Um, other than Dave Jones, who tried his best to piss off everyone. Um, <laughs> have a he, shit journey home. But yeah, great manager. But I think he's he's the exception to the rule. But you look at Warnock, Malky, um, you know, th- those were so such big characters and they were all about um, getting the fans on board and we had the most success under them um it is i think you need something to buy yourself time when things go wrong um and as soon as you lose that i think that is where things can get a little bit difficult so um so yeah let's hope you know we could be speaking in you know i guess i guess the, the judgment is is up to the world cup break um and if we're still Struggling for goals and still shipping bad results, then I think uh, the knives will probably be out for him by then. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm not getting too suckered in by it all at the moment because uh, you know it was very very early days. As as everyone likes to remind people, Nottingham Forest were bottom of the championship this time last year. So uh, yeah, and now they're losing four 0 to Man City. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> it can all change that quickly. That that is the dream, isn't it? You know, this yeah. is what we're all doing it for: is to go to the Premier League and get battered. Every battered. Um, get battered by a gothic freak from Norway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's the yeah the pinnacle of the sport, want. eh? Uh, ben, a similar question along those lines from your old friend Gonzo McKenzie. How long till we hear the first Morrison out? Already seeing splits into we're awful versus it's transition year. Heard my first, just fucking launch it last night. Should we be made to sit through highlights of the McCarthy reign before matches to keep us on board with HMS Tiki Taka? Um, all right, we've got game seven, game six, game seven. Uh, when's the first Morrison out coming, Ben? I've seen two people tweet it. I don't know if they're unbelievable. Joking, but... No yeah. way. It's, Unbelievable! Um, we don't deserve nice things. No, it's yeah, it's it's a long, long way from that. Um, yeah, like you said, just think back to the uh, the Mick McCarthy era. But as I suddenly... saw someone, I saw someone on Twitter say we had more points under Mick at this point last season. Oh, God. oh fucking hell! The revisionism's happening. <laughs> is that last night? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's people call like it, the whole revision. You say about revision, Gavin White. People are trying to make out like he's the answer to all our problems. Because he scored a hat trick in the under twenty ones, and then you just look at all these things. It's just yeah, people thinking that Abu Adams is going to come in and solve our issues in midfield. It's it's a long process. Well, it was 
what was it? Was the season after we came down from the Premier League? Omar Bogle came back to us after he'd been on loan somewhere, and everyone that summer was like, I mean, he's banging him for Newport. I think he scored another one last night. Um, yeah. everyone was like, Omar Bogle's going to be our striker for this season, and it was like, no, he's not. He's just like, you just everyone kind of evangelizes some, but something they haven't had before, and mm. all of a sudden they're like, well, he has to be the answer. But if he's the answer, what's the question? Yeah, I think Man, for every scoring goals, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for every scapegoat. I don't know what the opposite of a scapegoat is. There's someone who isn't featured that is always like, we need to bring the him savior. the saviour. I think, I think people need to have that comfort blanket. And unfortunately, you know, Gavin White, I'm, I'm here to be proven wrong with Gavin White, but, you know, we've seen plenty of him. I think we can make a judgment that he probably isn't good enough. And he's had, what, three managers now? Four yeah. managers? Four managers? Um, yeah, well, yeah, Warnock, Harris, uh, McCarthy, yeah. and now Morrison. Who've not fancied him, so... What does that say? Unfortunately, I'd like uh, to think the managers know best. You'd hope so, but wouldn't you? You'd, you'd think so, yeah. As much as we're the experts for the podcast. Yeah, um, exactly. Sam Hill, all these signings is very good, but it will take time to gel. All well and good to fans saying they're happy for a transitional season with better football. But as soon as we've got a couple bad results, we're getting relegated and it isn't good enough. The fans need to be patient. Uh, Gareth Gardner, um, uh, question for you, Ben, because you're the Mark Harris fan of the podcast. <laughs> um do you agree with the way he's sticking by Joe Rawls and Mark Harris? Playing Rawls takes creativity away from me, and the less I say about Harris, the better. That's Premier League, um, Premier League <laughs> skill set. Mark Harris. Deadline day pod might make things more interesting for us. Um, you, Rawls, he hasn't set the world on fire this season, has he? No, but he was coming in behind. He wasn't quite ready, but because um, he didn't sign I, a contract, thought, it's his fault. I thought he looked. I thought he's been getting better in games. He's not quite at the level he should be and you expect from him, but I don't think the last two games he's been as horrific as he was at the start. It's getting there with him. Um, yeah, it's just a weird one. Sort of, He's becoming the scapegoat, which I'm really surprised at after how buzzing we were that he signed a new contract. Um, yeah, look, we all say things we regret. The Mark Harris, <laughs> it was taken... I didn't say he's a Premier League quality player, despite what people said on Twitter. I said he'd be better with more time on the ball. Um, the more I see it, the more I regret that. Um, but well, well, we'll, re- we'll revisit that in a minute, Ben, because we actually have to get to the comment that uh, Bluebird <laughs> passed left. But first, we go via Oliver Reese, um, and it's, Ryan. It's something we've already kind of touched upon on this pod. I think it's obvious we need a striker, but after last night's game, I still think we're attacking midfield short. Might be just me, and especially with Adams and Isaac Davis to come back. I just think there's no link up from midfield to attack, which is an issue. Um, we talked about Cole. What do you? Is that the role he's destined to play? Do you think we need to potentially change our system to to incorporate him? Because at the moment, I don't see how he fits in either three. I mean, for me, if I was Steve Morrison and I was looking at the squad and the sort of what what he's got at his disposal, I'd be building a team around Colwell because he's the future of the club um, Mm -hmm. and he's the future of the team. And I think we've just got to just go for it now. Um, And I think you figure out where he fits. Look at like... Chris Coleman for Wales, he was like, right, I've got Gareth Bale, I've got Aaron Ramsey, how do I get the most out of them? And what system can I use to get the most out of these two brilliant footballers? And on the, on, obviously on a smaller scale, and Colwell is no, nowhere near as far along as those two were at the time. He's got to go like, like and it's probably a conversation with Ruben he needs to have. Of like, mm-hmm. where, do you, where do you feel most comfortable playing? Where can you be most effective on the pitch? And find that role and then build around him genuinely, I think, because, because we've never I, we haven't had a player with this quality. And no. especially, especially one 
who's come through our system for a long time. And we've, we've got a chance now this season to, 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 to improve him and help him improve the team. And for me, he's got to be the man to build around. I don't know his best position. I've still not seen enough of him really as a footballer, but I've seen enough of him to know he's obviously he's good. very talented. Look at that. I mean, like I'll always remember that, that QPR game last season, just, you know, him and Isaac Davis were fantastic and that free kick and just, yeah. And not, I, I will say the Nottingham Forest away game where he came on and yeah, that first he, goal where he ran at the defence was lovely. Yeah. And he's got that in Second his locker. Goal. And I think, I guess in this system we're playing now, he probably slots into that left centre midfield spot, which Sawyers has been playing mostly. Um, but I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be against seeing more like a four-two-three-one with him in the ten, yeah, or maybe like Wintel and Rinomota, or um, you know, I am looking forward to seeing Adams. I know we mentioned earlier he is well thought of. I'm looking forward to seeing him, but um, I think that could be something to look at. Um, I'm not sure if he's best off coming in from a wide position because I think he he can't get enough of the ball out wide. I think he's got to be the focal point to get the ball. I think sometimes you can be sort of marked out of games when you're out wide and it, it would mean he'd come in deep and throw mm-hmm. the positioning off. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's probably in like a 10 role um, that his best position is. And I think we've got to start using that sooner rather than later because his progress will stall um, or we'll lose him for pennies. Yeah. You know, if, if we're going to, if we're going to, if he's going to do really well, at least let's make some money off him. Money off him. We haven't yeah. made money off anyone for a long time. So um... Aaron Ramsey springs some light. Um, yeah. Ben, the question that I'm coming to you now uh, from Bluebirds Past. When Ben Price said Mark Harris's Premier League quality, does he mean the Aberdare Valley Premier Division? Um, and if he does mean the Aberdare Valley Premier Division, which team do you think he would play for? Um, <laughs> FC Abercumboy A, FC Kumaman, the Royal Oak FC? I think he'd do well um, at the Gwent Prem level to be honest I think he'd do alright there just a bit more physical um, again this slanderous you know this fake news <laughs> going around that everyone wants to spout about me I didn't say Premier League quality I said he'd be better in a slower league like the Premier League where you get a bit more time on the ball I probably should have said the A League not the Premier League though <laughs> the anti-Ben Price agenda is in full form. Yes, it is strong. it's all fake it's strong. news uh, it's yeah. mainstream media coming it's around the deep state <laughs> the deep Carter City state um, what I will say is that Jamie Reese followed up that comment with that was the worst call ever made in the history of the podcast or any podcast um, I don't know what some of the worst calls on other podcasts are I don't listen to podcasts I think they're a waste of time um, <laughs> but um, I think you've got some tough competition there Ben and I don't agree with that comment all right it's, it's taken it's three it shows how controversial that kebab gate was though that this took three weeks to come to light yeah are you still having ketchup on your kebab I haven't had a kebab for a while yeah oh, very good very good um, Harry Dickens uh, he he did apologise for this because I said don't ask about strikers, but I said you're allowed to ask about specific strikers. And this comes back to what we talked about earlier, Ryan, about Callum Robinson versus Jordan Hugill. And he says, would Callum Robinson be an actual exciting addition up top opposed to a solid signing like Hugill? Um, there's some logic to that, right? I've always thought Hugill was a good striker, but he was fairly ordinary at times. He looked like he smoked 20 tabs before he went on the football pitch. Well, I think Callum Robinson is a bit more dynamic. Yeah, I... Th- <sighs> Again, I haven't seen enough of Callum Robson to make to make proper judgment on him. Um, I guess so. I mean, I, if if we're bringing back a striker from last season, I'd rather have brought back Uche. At least he brought <laughs> some sort of entertainment. Um, you know, one of the some best ever. 
Uh, one of the best goals to minute ratio the club has ever seen. I think he got about three goals in about 70 minutes or something. <laughs> so, um, he yeah, was God. dog shit, though. Let's <laughs> well, but he was entertaining while being dog shit, Ben. And that's, yeah, that's the <laughs> so main that, thing. Yeah, um, you know, at the moment, our play- strikers are playing like dog shit, but they're not being entertaining with it. I want to see... They, he's not bundling over players. He, he And he did the biggest Ayatollah I've ever seen as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> also, they're not running like he's hurdling every time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he brought so much joy to the, the latter days of last season when he there did, wasn't yeah. much joy to have. So, um, But yeah, he's gone to Turkey now. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll he gets forever teeth be... While he's there. He'll forever be um, remembered in um, in Carl City folklore. But yeah, I guess if we're going to pick one of the two, Robinson probably does... Um, Get the taste buds tingling a little bit more than Hugo, like like his squash, more. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and then he's got a follow up question: Have you all started your World Cup sticker book yet? And yet, and if not, why not? I know why I haven't started because I can't get one. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen. I've seen the stickers, but I've not seen the books. Ryan, have you got yours yet? Yep, I'm in. Um, thankfully, uh, because I am um, housebound, um, I can't go to the shop every day and buy too many packs so i'm sort of relying on um donations from family um <laughs> at the moment which is good for the old bank account um but i yeah i'm, I'm fully on to the, into the sticker world it was such a big part of my childhood and uh yeah to have wales as part of it is um it's huge isn't it got to get got to get involved so um who knows whether i'll complete it or not uh my aim is to at least complete the wales one so um uh, I'll no doubt be on Twitter at some point asking for swaps um, as time goes by. Ben, have you got yours yet? I was going to, and then I saw Asda and Pompro and I were charging £1.80 a pack of stickers, and I went... Shut up. I thought they were £70 a pack. Everyone else is charging 90 Oh, £1.80 a pack, the sign was in um, what? And Asda. And I was hey, going, fuck price gouging that. Price uh, nice, gouging. Pa- nice part of Cardiff. See, Pomprenite wouldn't get that in Grangetown, Ben. Well, it's not, technically. <laughs> they, they, it's Asda Pen Twins, so, you know... Uh. <laughs> yeah, so that's put me off. I'm sort of, yeah, I can't just, I'm skint at the moment as well. There's a lot going on. I've spent a lot of money on, like, oh, fuck, I can't really afford the. Was it, didn't someone work it out if you do it? Try to complete the, the 883 budget. pounds, yeah. I think it was. Where um, are your today. priorities, Ben? Come on. Yeah. Fuck your flaws or whatever it is. <laughs> Get the stickers in. Uh, <laughs> you have women on the team tell her that because I'm not that brave. Sticker, you could stick yeah, a, use a sticker. your floor with all the doublers. Yeah, I think that'll look good. A couple of Moroccan lads on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) El Ghazi. Um, Moving on to Sean Collins. Are we overreacting? I think we are. I just think we need someone with a bit of size up front to be more effective. Just offers more chances with crosses and things. Also, I don't know if Nathan Jones would be a great fit for us in the future. We'd like to see a Cardiff fan in charge. Here, here. Uh, King K, I can't be the only one frustrated that Mo's subbing off Waters for creative options. Do you guys have any faith left in Waters? I believe every time they sub Waters off, they bring on creative players that make the best chances, but then have the striker on to finish. Side note, I want to see Waters get to play with those options in turn and have more than two opportunities in four games to score. P.S. Petition for Mark Harris to stop wearing steel toe caps to the game. Um, ben, it's a fair point, isn't it? We always seem to sub Waters off after 60 minutes and then we go more direct. I think, you know, I, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was the Reading away game. We took Waters off. And then the first thing we did was play a ball to the feet of our striker we brought on for him. He must go off and be so frustrated that he's not getting the chances that some of the other players are getting. Yeah, it's... I do think it's different runs. I think in these... The issue we've got with Waters is at the moment with Atete injured, um, 
you've really got to start him, haven't you? I think it would I benefit him to the moment. come off the bench at some stage. And I think if we had fit strikers, he might have done that by now and sort of then possibly got the chances because I think the defenders are tied and sort of his runs would be a lot more effective and more, a lot more impactful. But um, yeah, I bet it must be so disheartening to know as soon as it gets to 60 minutes, your numbers I'm going are off. almost guaranteed. I, this I feel for him. I feel for him so much. And I think you know, I'm still you in the, a hug, don't you? I, I'm still in the waters um faith. I still keep in the faith of waters, but like it's like give him 90 minutes, right? Give yeah. him the chance, keep giving him the chance because we give up on players so quickly these days. And I think it's so unfair to judge him on these seven games when no one else has done it. It's not like we're bringing on people off the bench who are going on to bang bang goals in. And, you know, and for him to come off the pitch when he does um, and then, have you know, reading the press about, you know, how Steve Morrison wants to see more from his strikers and he wants more strikers in, it must be heartbreaking. It's, he must be yeah. like, his confidence must be completely, you know, at rock bottom. So I do feel for him. Um, and maybe it won't work for him. But, you know, let's at least say we tried. Because how many times? Give him the season. Give him six months. Yeah. How many times have we seen, um, you know, a a striker of ours who probably didn't get a fair crack of the whip go off somewhere else and bang in goals for fun, whether it be at a lower level or not? But um, I think the difficulty is though, he's he's. It's not that he's not a fair crack of the whip because he's like you can argue he's played a lot of games, like seven games, and only had two shots. It's more the circumstances around it probably don't tell the full story. Mm. It's very easy just to say, oh, it's his fault he hasn't scored, but. Like we said before, he's a two one-on-ones. And he, admittedly, he should have scored at least one of those that you can hold that, you can say that against him. But other than that, he's not had a sniff. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I, I do feel for him. And, and it's he's, an, he's become an easy scapegoat. And that's fine. Um, you know, We love a scapegoat. F- fans need it, I think. I think it's just, just the, the, the mentality of, of the football fan. And, um, you know, for me at the moment, Joe Rells is my scapegoat. I'm, I'm not a big Joe Rells fan, so... Um, but uh, there we are. Horses for courses, isn't it? Uh, Matt DiffMJ, hope it's not just me that's had all the pre-season bubbly optimism completely disappear now. Um, I don't think it is. And Nathan w- LCCFC has said, do we get enough players into the box when we go forward? As you like to play with wit, it feels like the only player in the box is a lone striker and the eights are fearful of us losing the ball and having to recover rather than hoping to get on the end of a cross-block deflection. And the final tweet goes to a tweet I can't see. Um, I'm unable to view this tweet because obviously they're on a private account, but the response from somebody else is a bit harsh. Um, so whatever it was, mate, it was a bit <laughs> harsh. Um, I, I literally don't know what, I have no context on that, but I thought we'd quite funny to read that out. Um, before we get on to Millwall away, Ben, there is somebody from the club this week that we want to give a shout out to, uh, an absolute legend of the Cardiff City megastore, Stacey. Yeah, um, moving on, it should be in the club for years. I can't remember a time where she wasn't in the club yeah. shop, sort of chatting to everyone and being like, uh, especially during like the rebrand and stuff like that at a time where there was a lot of negativity and it was a tough place to work in that club shop they got a lot of grief for stuff that was out of their control you'd always go in there and you'd always get a smile and a bit of a chat from Stacey and her and old family man just like her old man's ground staff at the club they Cardiff City through and through and yeah I hope she does really well wherever she goes um, the club's worse off for losing people like her so yeah I hope she's all the best to her but they're the people who make the club, aren't they? It's that they always, you know, it's always people in the tea rooms. It's always the people who are in in, in the club shop who are running things and keep the club going on a day to day basis. So, um, yeah, the, the fabric of the football club is poor for Stacey, and I think you know everyone should applaud uh, your service to the football club and, uh, and and making sure everyone's got nice kits on match day. So, congratulations, Stacey, on moving on, and congratulations for all your time at the club. 
Um, rounding off this week's pod is Millwall away this Saturday, Ryan. Uh, it's the Steve Morrison derby um, at the Den. A horrible place to go. They're down in 19th. One win in the last five. They lost to Burnley yesterday. Will it be nice to pile a bit more pressure on Gary Rowett, the little twat? Yes. Um, big time. I'm really hoping uh, Marlon Romeo has a great game after mm-hmm. the way he was treated by the Millwall fans. Exactly. Uh, see, I'm sure he'll have... Um, a chip on his shoulder going into the game. I'm not going to ask him to score the winner because he is our right back, but, you know, I want him to be involved at least. I want him to score the winner, centre circle, take the knee. Take the knee. Oh, fist, fist in punch the Punch it in. Punch the ball yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, or score with his knee. That would be nice. Score with his <laughs> yeah. knee. Um, yeah. So, I look, we've these are the sort of games where... Um, we'll see how good we are because, you know, there are... I want to say they're a similar team to us, but I guess they're they're a bit further further along. They're probably coming to the end of a cycle with a manager. Um, yeah. I guess it's going to be his last season this season if they don't, um, you know, start pulling up any trees. And a few people did talk about them as a pretty solid playoff side, but um, we've yet to see that this season. So, look, if we can, it, it'd be a good, it'd be a really good result if we can go and win there. And I think it would. Um, breathe a bit of life into what's been a flat few weeks. Um, but I'd take a point more than happily right now. Um, ben, I know you hated Lee Johnson. Um, I feel like Gary Rowett is similar in personality to Lee Johnson. Very kind of self-important, arrogant. Um, do you hate him as much as you hate um, Lee Johnson? No, but I've had personal experience with Lee Johnson. That's why I sort of go in so hard and oh, sort of I fucking slug. But yeah, Rowett isn't exactly someone that I sort of I wouldn't want to go for a pint with him, put it that way. He does come across like a bit of a tosser. Looking forward to dredging this podcast back up when he's appointed our manager in January after <laughs> uh, Morrison gets sacked. After Steve Morrison goes back to Millwall, yeah. Gary Rowett comes into comes the, the, other the way. circle of life is complete. Yeah. Um, ben, uh, talking about action on the pitch, any changes you'd make ahead of Saturday? Would you bring Sawyers back in? He got a goal, he looked bright when he came on. Would you drop Ojo? It's difficult, isn't it? Because... I'd like to say, like, I think like everyone wants to say, start Colwell. He seems to do well mm-hmm. in London whenever he plays, so it mm-hmm. might not be a bad thing to play him. He seems That's what you get in scored, London. He's not scored at the Cardiff City Stadium yet. All of his goals have come away from home, which I find mad. Oh, good for Wales. Good stat. Yeah, just for Wales. Yeah, Czech Republic yeah. in the friendly. Yeah, he did, not he? Yeah. So, yeah, he's not, not scored for Cardiff at the Cardiff City Stadium. So, yeah, Colwell start for me. Um, I, st- I still, yeah, I th- I'd like to see Ojo. Ojo would be great if we got people in the box because there was times, I said, it's just waiting to get that ball in and nothing comes from it and it just fizzles out. So there's not a huge amount of changes. Yeah, keep Ojo, just bring Cole in instead of... Uh... Where does Sawyer's play? Yeah, where Sawyer's played. Yeah, probably. Running out of steam here, aren't we, lads? I can yeah. sense Uche- it. Uche Piazza up front when he comes back from Turkey. <laughs> yeah. on- on dead with his day. new teeth, new yeah. teeth in January, and and Comes new hair, in. big big hair transplant. Happy days. Oh, a new striker, obviously. Well, hopefully we'll have a new striker through <laughs> the door. Start them and sort of give what right. new striker Colwell in, and then Ryan, what's the score going to be? Uh, one all, one all. Then I'm going to go two nil Cardiff. I think I've been to Millwall. I've been to the New Den three times in recent seasons, and I've never seen us win. Are you go drawn every game. Was that sorry? Are you going this weekend? Yep. Oh, I can go, it. So it'll probably be a draw then. Sorry. One I <laughs> ruined it. I bloody ruined it. Um, my one, my one and only visit to the den was a Steve Morrison masterclass. I think it was either three all or they might have won three two. 
and I think he might have scored a hat trick um, for Millwall that day. It was when he was in his prime uh, at Millwall. So uh, when he yeah. used to shave his head, even though he had hair. Yeah, that's a confusing yeah, friend. That the, him and Darren Purse. A lot of them. Yeah, Martin Skirtle's another one, isn't he? Yeah. Recently, and um, but I think it's I think it's like the no fuss thing, isn't it? Like yeah, some, like Joe Bennett loves his. Scott bar. Brown is another one. Yeah, but like I think when you're a player that like they just want to focus in on actually playing and not worry about the little you know doing yeah. your hair and that. They've yeah. got strong hairlines. That's what I find really strange about it. They've all come in. You're going. They've either all been to Turkey, mm. so they've had that done, or they've just got utter confidence in their hairline that they know it's not going to go away. Yeah, that's self belief I don't have in myself. <laughs> no, I could never shave my head. Um, I don't. You know, I I'm clinging on to my hair as best I can. So I'm not. I, I don't want to get rid of it. You know, out of choice. Out of choice. I've got a funny um, head and I don't want it. Yeah, I got a weird shaped head as well. God, we are really back, are running out of steam back, here. Back yourself, boys. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Break the shame. Have a bit of confidence in yourself. Um, yeah. As we got to hair shaving, I think that rounds off you from Ninian this week. Um, you know, if you want to get involved with all of our nonsense, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. We are running a giveaway at the moment for two tickets to see Neil Warnock's one man show, Are You With Me? next Tuesday at St. David's Hall. Um, we'll be in attendance so if you're lucky enough and you can find us you can meet us while we're there as well um, what else was I going to say if you like what we do and want to pledge some money to, towards it you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian we don't do this for any money we do this for the love and sometimes we need money to pay for things uh, so ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian Ryan thank you once again for ably stepping in I say stepping in knowing I was you've got a broken ankle yeah <laughs> uh, pleasure as always uh, always nice to, to catch up and uh, talk Cardiff um, the pleasure is all mine uh, ben, I'd say thank you to you, but you're always here. So thanks for being here, as always. Thanks. Yeah, so thanks for not having a social life. <laughs> yeah, thanks, and, yeah, I mean, me I, and you both, mate. I should, I should say publicly my thanks for Ben for, for taking me to the Heath and then realising that the Heath was an absolute shit show and then driving me all the way to Patal, but um, on the night I broke my ankle. That was uh, much appreciated, Ben. Um, and I feel like, you know, uh, we'll finish on a positive that, you know, he's not all bad, Ben. He's got some rogue views, um, <laughs> which we, we shouldn't mention. But, um, but yeah, when in, in, in my time of need, he was there, even though it wow. was his fault uh, that I yeah. was in the position in the first place. <laughs> ben Price, a man who <laughs> solves and fixes the problem. Oh, a man who causes and fixes yeah, the problem. Fixes the problem yeah. One yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening once again. Thanks for having us. And we'll see you next week. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the Ninian With views from the Ninian Not shoes from the Ninian The view from the Ninian